Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Welcome everyone. I'm Sean Payne and this is the Build Better podcast brought to you by Live Explore. I'm Isaiah Chass and today we are going to talk about SB9. It came down the pipeline from uh, the state of California a little while ago, but we're going to talk about what it is and what it's done. Yep. Yep. Uh, it was passed in 2021, went into effect uh, January 1st of 2022. I think there was a lot of excitement around this. Uh, when we heard about it, we were like, oh, this sounds really cool. Uh, and uh, let's talk about, uh, I'll put my soda down for a second. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, implications and aspects they thought that that it would address that way. So jumping right into it, um, you know, uh, uh, communities are trying to increase housing density. So they thought, uh, or, or uh, SB9 allows for construction of up to four resi- residential units on single family lots, um, signif- significantly increasing the housing density in residential areas. So. And so backing up a little bit, the reason this has come down the line is uh, the state of California has identified a need for uh, a huge amount of homes needed. Yeah. I mean, we've seen data anywhere from 2.5 to 4 million homes needed in the next build cycle. Incredible amount. Um, local municipalities have not been, uh, I guess, holding up their side of the bargain with meeting these demands. So right. the state came down and said, here is a, a new mechanism that we can basically fast track the process uh, and take some of the... Um, the power out of the local jurisdictions by l- allowing uh, homeowners and, and property owners from adding additional units to their current properties uh, in order to add more housing to the inventory supply. Right, right. Yep, yep. So uh, the law facil- facilitates the development of ADUs, also known as granny flats or in-law units, uh, which can potentially provide affordable housing options. Yeah, uh, uh, by allowing the lot split, uh, SB9 creates new opportunities for uh, different uh, different aspects, whether it's a, a, a new homeowner, whether it's multi-generational living. I mean, that's really a, a huge piece of this where um, uh, someone could add a, a secondary unit to their property and have maybe a grandparent live on their property or also uh, maybe as their children are, are getting older, uh, getting back from college or something like right. that where they can have a place. Um, so it, again, the idea of it is to create more housing. It's just, uh, there's a little bit more, uh, to that. Yeah. Uh, kind of on that note, we had Paul Fritz, uh, uh architect and planner in Sebastopol. And he would talked about, uh, the granny units that he had put in place. And, and he gave an example of like every different situation. So there's not like one size fits all. It's just like, it's, it's letting the market figure things out and just making like housing more flexible that way. So, right. On, on that note though, I think, uh, he's done, gosh, countless ADU projects. I think he just encountered his first SB9 project. Right. So yep, he we'll, just, we'll get into that, he, but that just shows yeah. uh, a little bit more about SB9. That's right. right. As that's opposed right. He just used that ADUs. for a project. That, yep. Um, so like, as you just touched, touched upon a, a second ago, this legislation aims to tackle California's severe housing shortage uh, by increasing the number of available residential units. Hopefully that was the intent. Uh, and again, you talked about this housing cycle. Um, housing cycles are eight years. So, um, uh, uh, 
Isaiah mentioned, you know, 2.5 to 4 million. Uh, here, uh, using Sonoma County as an example, uh, they believe from that same report that we need to build 14,500 homes. However, um, we have local housing authorities here that uh, I feel are much more accurate with their housing numbers, and it's probably, you know, closer to four times that we need about 60,000 housing units to meet the current demand. And we're not going to go into those numbers, but those seem accurate. And We've we've gone through in the past why so. right, yeah. So SB nine it, it it takes the power away from local jurisdictions from uh, from limiting development of new housing. However, uh, I guess the other side is it gives local jurisdictions provisions uh, uh, to adhere to. So um, the idea is that they that local jurisdictions can create mechanisms so that uh, you have to respect existing character of neighborhoods uh, and still uh, adhere to the local building code. So it's not just anything just plop down on the property. Right, right. And, and uh, you know, a, a big thing that's going on in central planning right now is how to address climate change and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Infill higher density uh, building addresses so many uh, concerns, uh, including climate change. So um, you know, uh, through SB nine, potentially it was it was hoped that the law could lead to more efficient land use and, and less urban sprawl, uh, potentially contributing to environmentally uh, environmental sustainability that way. So. Yeah, and I think they also had a hope that it would. Um generate a little bit more economic activity within uh, local economies uh, through uh, further construction. Right. Uh, that's obviously a, a lofty um, goal or hope. Just by ADUs, correct, correct. Right. But uh, I don't think you can argue the fact that higher density certainly brings in more ec economic activity. Right. Yeah, it, it's definitely faced uh, a lot of opposition and support on both sides. There are benefits of it, but um, it's not... Uh, it's not the perfect plan. No, no. Uh, but it was supposed to simplify the process for approving housing developments, potentially reducing the time and cost uh, investing in to bring in uh, new housing to the market. As we know, it's it's that time frame, those costs that really kill housing projects. So they were they're hoping to streamline this and make that uh, that process uh, more feasible that way. Right. So that I mean that's the basis behind SBN. Let's get into what it's done, what we've seen, um, really how effective has it been? Right, right. And we encourage you to uh, uh, do your own research because uh, some of this data may be a little bit old. Uh, but at the end, uh, we, we haven't been able to find a whole lot in 2023. But at the end of 20, 2022, um, it didn't look like uh, uh, it's been used that much. And my understanding is that's the, that's, that's the same way it's been um, in 2023. Uh, Los Angeles, the largest municipality surveyed, um, there were 211 applications for new units under SB9. Um, uh, 211 applications, again, uh, in Los Angeles County. Uh, can you do a Google search to see what the population is in, in Los Angeles County? But that's not, not, not many applications. And then out of those 211 applications, 38 were approved. So only 38 were approved out of what was the, was the population? To put that in perspective, the housing units in uh, Los Angeles County as of July 1st, 2022 was 3,642,000. So what's that? Gosh, a, a tenth of a percent? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, three and a half million homes, and this and Los Angeles County approved 
38 uh, projects under SB9. Now, I wonder how many of those were actually built out, how many went to uh, were finished. I couldn't find that statistic, but it's going to be a fraction of, of those 38. And the reason is, is that, is that uh, as much as this is doing to streamline the process, construction costs are really expensive. So, you know, like I've, I've heard uh, here locally that just on some ADUs, it's costing, you know, $1,000 plus a square foot. So I'd be really curious to see how many of those, those 38 were built out, but I can almost guarantee you, I'd bet you it's 25% or less. I could be totally right. wrong. Uh, make me eat crow on that. So. Yeah. I, I mean, bottom line, build costs are just uh, supply chain issues ever since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, it, it's so expensive to build units. And, and the reason uh, it, 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 it just doesn't make sense at a small scale, especially maybe if you're a contractor and you have your own crew, but when, when you're hiring out to uh, build these projects, I mean, y- you very easily could be in it 200, 300,000 on the light end and a lot of people just just don't have that capital to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so uh, but uh, as few of the, uh, uh, as those were, San Fr- I mean uh, Los Angeles was still a win because you have other large cities in California um, that have very few op- applications for lot splits or new, or new units under SB9. San Diego only had 7 applications for new SB9 units, none of which were approved in 2022. So I wonder what 2023 was like. And then you have municipalities like Anaheim, Bakersfield, Berkeley, Danville, Long Beach, San Diego, San Jose, and Santa Maria did not approve a single SB9 unit in that year. So again, this is 2022. Um, But that shows you that uh, it's just not working at this point. Uh, I know know locally here, I think we've had two applications in Petaluma. Right. uh, And I don't think they've been built out. I think at least one SB9 project in Sebastopol. So not not a whole. I think maybe right. just one. I'm not sure if that's I, the case. I believe that was I one think of just the one. first ones. And then I think the first one. uh, there is w- a, they're trying to put an ADU using SB9 in Nevada right now. And I believe there's a lawsuit going on um, that uh, uh, it's felt the city of Nevada has misinterpreted SB9. <laughs> so right. um, that's that's kind of like the holdup that way. Uh, so uh, uh, it's just not working as expected yet. Um, and so kind of let's go through some of the factors that it's facing that way. So. Yeah. So when, when SB9 uh, originally came uh, down the line, this might be a little controversial, but it, it got watered down uh, to a point where it uh, it basically made it, it prevented uh, professional developers and real estate investors uh, from utilizing this uh, this method of mm-hmm. uh, of getting an ADU or a JADU or even a, a, an additional unit of some sort being built on a property, and really. Those are uh, th- that's a big portion of the, of the type of person or type of buyer that has the capital to make these projects work. Right. So when you take that off the table, you're left with, you know, mom and pop investors or um, just people who own their own house and they're just living on their property and it's daunting for them to take on a, a construction project uh, as well as shell out hundreds of thousands of dollars for this. Um, especially if, if, if they don't have a, a reason to, uh, have a, a second property. Right. Right. Yeah. Kind of piggy, piggybacking off that, uh, you know, you have, uh, SB nine allows local jurisdiction, 
jurisdictions significant discretion, uh, discretion in imposing regulations. So while this was supposed to streamline the process, there's still you know baseline standards. Localities can pass objective design standards, affordability requirements, land use requirements. Um, and so again, going back to what you're saying, if you're like the mom and pop or like just the local you know real estate owner, that that looking at those can kind of become um, complex and like, wow, I just don't even want to deal with this. So even though it's supposed to be streamlined, it really isn't. And I think we go back to like Nevada right there as there's an example is like, it seems my understanding is that um, they've misinterpreted the, the, the ordinance law. And uh, so it's those, it's those type of costs that just keep people from being able to build. So, right. It says that the, this level of discretion has led to a patchwork of imp- implementation across over 500 local jurisdictions, each with their own unique approach. So that that just alone goes right. into each local municipality is interpreting it differently, and uh, that inherently leads to some issues, as we've seen in Nevada, and I'm sure many other jurisdictions. Right, right, right. And I'll be curious to see what happens with SB9, what, what, what happens with future ADU laws. Uh, I'm sure there's something in the works, but uh, as housing requirements, uh, housing numbers aren't being met, I I think you're going to see that local municipalities are going to have their authority more and more stripped away that way. So we'll see how this plays out. But as of right now, um, it hasn't worked out too well. Right. Yeah. And there are some programs I I see uh, various different municipalities are offering uh, grants uh, of, of different sorts, forgivable loans uh, for some of the construction costs, whether it's uh, um, uh, pre-development work or uh, entire process. I haven't seen it being highly utilized yet just because some of the requirements to qualify for these grants right. just make it you're at an income level to qualify for these grants where at that ceiling income level, you're, you're likely probably not able to qualify on the flip side for the, the cost to finish out the construction. Right. Right. Yep. So, yep. There's a gap there still. Yeah. I mean, I think like th- that's there. Some of those programs are there to help. Like we talked about, like the, the, the mom and pop, the simple, you know, the, the traditional, uh, um, you know, just, person that owns uh, a property that way. Um, but it's still, the numbers just don't quite crunch yet. Right. So. Yeah. It's it definitely the idea behind it was, was great, uh, to add more housing supply, but, uh, California definitely has a long ways to go to, uh, to make a, a drop in the bucket. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I think the intent was good. Um, hopefully we, uh, the state continues to make these efforts. Um, hopefully local municipalities make their own effort, but, um, historically that really hasn't been there. So, uh, hopefully the state continues to step up and, uh, try to fix, uh, the affordability issue, um, with, with laws like this, in my opinion. So absolutely. Well, uh, that's pretty much it. Unless, uh, Isaiah, is there anything else you want to... Uh... No, that's SB9. It can be very, very confusing. Please reach out if you have specific questions about SB9. If we can't answer them, we can point you in the right direction. Uh, it can get a little bit confusing between the lot splits as well as the different types of units you can put on a, a, right. a lot versus a, a property with a, an existing home or uh, multiple homes on a property. So um, it, it is 
I'm not surprised if someone's confused because looking at it myself, who's very involved in this, is it's still a very confusing process. It is. It is. Yep. So. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit like and subscribe to see future content. See you guys later. See you next time. Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe.